Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Well, let's just say we have a party, huh? Got to show up to be at the party. Here you are. Thanks so much for being here. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Weekend number two of deer season. What an opener. What a week we have had with weather. Holy moly, hallelujah. I love this time of the year. Open right after uh, opening of sunlight on uh, Saturday. Last Saturday, we got blanketed with snow pretty much across the state and down in southern indiana four or five inches it was stunningly gorgeous i saw a lot of pictures up in folks up in tree stands shaking off wet snow but we are going to have another great weekend this weekend as well we're brought to you by indiana donor network driven to save lives.org i am so thankful for their sponsorship of the show. I'm thankful for all the guests that we have. And we have a big show to put together today. Believe it or not, February is going to be here. And our friends at Renfro Productions are already putting together the final touches, almost sold out for the 68th annual Ford Boat Sport and Travel Show. Kevin Renfro going to be joining me. And I am certain, because I saw the pictures, three monster eight points that his family took at his farm and uh, kind of made me jealous. And uh, he was one of them I got a picture of sitting up in the tree with the snow all over him. And it was just a fantastic weekend for he and his family. So we're going to talk about the boat sport and travel show. Of course, can't forget the Cincinnati show. Of course, we're going to talk to him about his, his deer hunting adventures. We can't forget Lake Michigan either. Just saw a press release that there are going to be more increased stockings in Lake Michigan with Chinook salmon. And uh, we're going to visit with Ben Dickinson and find out what that means and what's going on up at Lake Michigan and what anglers can look forward to here in uh, just, gosh, just in a couple of short months. Captain Jet Quillen, law enforcement with DNR, is going to be with us. A unprecedented punishment for a poacher. And uh, it's a stunning story, great testimony to the great work of the investigators in law enforcement. And uh, we're going to find out how things went on opening weekend. So it's a lot to look forward to. And it is the Indiana Outdoor Show. And Kevin Renfro is holding, so I don't want to take much more time. We're going to be back. It's Indiana Outdoor Show brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Back right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I, your host, Brian Pointer. So great to be with you. It's always great to be with you. But uh, we are brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. And what a week we have had. Oh, my word. The Friday, a week ago, Friday, it was uh, 65. And then, my word, winter came in, opening weekend came in. A lot of folks put venison on the ground. 
I didn't, but that's okay. And it was all good. It was just a beautiful opening weekend. Here's weekend number two and Indiana Outdoors coming to you now. As mentioned at the top of the hour, it's always great to visit with our longtime friends, Kevin Renfro. Renfro Productions joins us. Kevin, how you been? Been doing great, Brian. Been doing wonderful things. You know, we haven't really had a chance to catch up, but... uh, you know, we talked about last year's Boat Sport and Travel Show afterward. What a wonderful event that was in many ways, not just weather and crowd and content. It was just a great show. And then here you had uh, the opportunity for the first time in a minute to put together a fall RV show. And I just thought it'd be kind of fun just to catch up and see what you're hearing. Look ahead to February. Believe it or not, that's going to be here before we know it. And uh, anything else we want to talk about. So, first of all, how did the uh, fall show come back on the docket? It uh, it came together kind of late. You know, of course, we're still uh, maneuvering our way out of uh, uh, COVID. And, and of course, the uh, the phrase that I hate hearing, <laughs> and, I, and I'd be okay if I go a lifetime without hearing supply chain ever again. But, uh, you know, so uh, uh, the, the one thing, though, the RV industry is really was the driver behind the fall show this year. It's, it's one segment uh, of the outdoor recreation industry that actually had an overabundance of 22 inventory. So uh, it's in that funny. Let's just let's, let's hover there for a second, because, mm-hmm. you know, forever, Indiana is the largest producer of recreational vehicles in the country. And it's a big part of our economy. And we had heard that there was because of the supply chain. Sorry, I did it to you. I know it's like uh, fingers on a chalkboard. <laughs> but, you know, there was they were struggling to keep up with demand and covid and the people were buying RVs left and right. And then all of a sudden you hear, like you just said, which was a little bit surprising to me, there was an oversupply now of uh, the 22 models. So it was kind of opportunistic for you to have this fall show. And it sounds like it was a great one. It, it was. And it's kind of interesting. I, you know, the industry, the RV industry, uh, they weren't as affected by, you know, the shortage of chips that you've heard about uh, going into consoles and, and those different things uh, for the most part. And, and that's why they were able to churn out RVs like they did. And, you know, it's, 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 interesting and i think we touched on this a little bit our last conversation uh was how the outdoor recreation industry flourished in such a huge way during covid uh and i think that speaks a lot to uh people wanting to get out recreate with their family uh travel uh, and and that sort of thing like the rv industry um is a good example of this And, and i heard this from so many dealers is that they were selling RVs to people they never thought they would ever sell an RV to. And so RV sales were, were great, boat sales, power sports, to the point where they just sold out of everything. And then here you have uh, the effect of COVID and how everything was shut down. It just stifled the ability to uh, you know, go back and start building that inventory again because there weren't parts and pieces. Right. Um, so the demand is still there. Uh, people are clamoring for uh, for stuff the, like the RV dealers this fall show. They had a great show, uh, and they're able to clear a lot of the 22 inventory. So you're going to see all the new 23 inventory at uh, this year's show. Boat manufacturing is really coming back on pace. They're not uh, having the issues that they had, let's say, 12 months ago. Um, so, uh, those types of things are freeing up. So it's going to turn out to be, uh, 
a great show, a lot of product for people to look at and see, and and uh, we're excited about it. As you should be, Mitch, or Kevin Renfro was our guest, and Renfro Productions, third generation family, great shows, great production, and you brought up the February show, which is going to be here before we know it, February 17 through 19, and then the 22nd through the 26th, and we got holidays, and boom, there we are, we're going to be full on uh, boat sport and travel show uh, it's just amazing to me it's going to be your 68th annual it's hard to believe and we've been with you for the last 24 plus years on this and a great partnership what do, what do folks have to look forward to well uh, this year's show uh, you know I always like to say you know we have all the, the different features uh, of the show and, and that kind of stuff to look forward to but um, and we can talk some about that as we're, you know, some of these things are still kind of coming together. But, you know, the meat and potatoes of the show, like I've always said, are the exhibitors. And, uh, you know, we're in six buildings on the state fairgrounds. We're still, you know, the largest sports show in the United States. It's, it's a, a badge of honor that we have here in Indianapolis. Um, so what people have to look forward to, of course, is five acres full of boats. You know, another building, 150,000 square feet of RVs. We've got Tackle Town. Uh, we have the kayak, fishing kayak, uh, demo pool, and all the manufacturer support around fishing kayaks. Uh, it's been a real bright spot with the show. Um, so that will be back. Um, and then, of course, the travel and tourism. And then kind of all the, the, the fun stuff with the show. You know, we have the Dock Dogs uh, back. Uh, we've got great fishing seminars. Um, we have a gal uh, that's going to be with the Doc Dogs back in the Sportsman's Arena. Many people may have seen her on uh, America's Got Talent. Her name's Sarah Twister, and she does a fantastic family show where she actually shoots a bow and arrow with her feet. I did so see her, and be- she is fantastic. She is. She really is. So she's going to fit in great uh, – with that and then we also um you know can't forget about the deer turkey waterfowl expo that will be uh, happening on uh over the second weekend of the show um that's february 23rd to the 26th that show's coming together great uh we're literally uh brian we've got just in both shows just a handful of booths that are still open and we're very particular on filling those last few bo- uh uh uh, booths. So anybody listening out there, it's in the outdoor recreation industry. If you're looking to uh, get into a show and talk to people and uh, and sell product, uh, we've got a few booths open. But uh, Deer Turkey Waterfowl Expo is really looking uh, fantastic, and I cannot wait to see the deer wall this year. Well, speaking I think it's of this, spectacular. I wonder why you might have a couple up there. From what I saw, a very productive weekend for you out. In uh, in the hunting world, and your family got to get out for the first time, and I think you you posed uh, uh, in our exchange of some pictures, which I was just in awe of. But you know, the comment that you made about I've looked forward to this type of a weekend with this type of success in this type of an environment with my son and and family, where you all took very nice deer. You might put a couple of those up on that wall. That was a big weekend for you. It, it really was. And you know what? It's kind of funny with deer hunting. Uh, and it was a, a surprise in a way. And I'll explain that kind of real quick. It's like we've been fortunate enough to have a lease in uh, over in Park County. It's a great county for deer hunting. And uh, 
it's been so busy this year that we haven't had a chance to spend much time out there prepping. And the uh, property that we're leasing, uh, they did a selective cut on the property and took out a lot of huge mature trees, which is fine. They did a great job with how they did it. But what it did do kind of change things up, kind of where we had our stands placed and that kind of stuff. We figured, well, we're going to have to go in and, and reassess where our stands are. And so we went in there with not a lot of expectation this year, quite frankly. And we didn't get a chance to bow hunt because uh, it, it, for one thing or another, it's been busy. But so we went in there on an opening gun. And my son took a really nice uh, buck on opening day, um, saw a lot of activity. And then the next day, uh, uh, myself and a, another friend of ours took uh, a couple more bucks. So uh, just when you think uh, it's not going to happen, <laughs> be ready. And I think everybody's kind of experienced that, I think, one time or another. Well, as we're reminiscing on an opening weekend that was pretty legendary, not only for you, but I know for a lot of hunters, I don't remember snow in the capacity that we had it pretty much from north to south across the state on an opening weekend. And in my hunting camp with the seven or eight that were down at our hunting camp, none of them can remember when there was that much snow. It was fantastic. It really was. It was just an incredible morning to be out there in the snow. I've hunted a lot up in northern Wisconsin over the years, and it kind of reminded me of a northern Wisconsin hunt. Uh, But, boy, that snow was coming down. We got on our stands at dark and by 10 o'clock we had two inches of snow on us right it, it it makes it brutal it's fun it's beautiful but it's kind of brutal out there trying to keep everything's uh, everything dry keep your scope clean and that kind of stuff so we bailed out of our stand um mitch shot his buck early um but we bailed out of our stand about 10 11 o'clock got back to um we had a camper out there and stuff and got everything dried out and and then the day just turned absolutely beautiful it was, um, and you yeah, know, the whole weekend. The good news, as I say, well, at least it wasn't a wet snow. That's a joke because it was a wet snow. Oh my god! And, you well, know, honey. it was just difficult. Uh, it was beautiful when you're back in the woods for sure, but it was a it was a little bit of a challenge. So, with that, yeah. I was glad that you put some some venison uh, in your freezer and had a great experience. And I'm looking forward to, as always, the great show that Renfro Productions puts together. And just a a mention here that you're going to have the Cincinnati show in January for the folks over in the southeast part of the state and over there that carry through. That's a big opportunity for you as well. And this will be another kind of the, the first run after a lot of changes. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Yep, absolutely. That show's coming up uh, at uh, Cincinnati uh, Boat Sport and Travel Show. It runs January 20th to the 22nd. We run those first three days, close Monday and Tuesday, and then it picks up the 25th to the 29th, and that's all at the Duke Energy Center. And if, if people are interested in any of the shows that we do, um, they can go to IndieSportsShow.com, uh, and they'll be able to maneuver their way and, and look at our shows and see the details on ticket sales, you can get your tickets online uh, and save money on discounted tickets. Uh, but it'll have all the information as far as exhibitor lists, uh, all the different features and shows and that sort of thing. And, and just to note, uh, a lot of those things are being updated as we uh, go forward. So uh, if you check it out today, I encourage everybody to do that. But check back you know, uh, every week or so and you'll see something new being added. 
Well, it is, uh, you know, it's just this time of the year. It's kind of magical. We got the holidays, and then we it seems like the whole world comes to a halt with the winter time. And then there's this bright ray of sunshine called the Boat Sport and Travel Show, which everybody's going to be looking forward to. And I know that it's always, uh, it's like a work of art. You know, it's like a. I, I consider you like a master sculptor. You just take a piece of limestone, and <laughs> next thing you know, you created this beautiful masterpiece, and always shows within shows so much dynamic personalities and you know my gosh if we have if we have the crowds that i i saw last year it's going to be another great opportunity for you uh you got any winter travel you're going to be doing any other things to, in the holidays with some hunting Brian, you know, I've been called a lot of things, but I've never been called a master sculptor. So. I'm sorry. It's, it's early. It's just what I could come up with. I'm oh, sorry. Hey, I'll take No, I'm not going to play. I'll take it. Yes, and I've probably, called, uh, I've probably called you a lot of things, too, but that's not one of them. Exactly. That's right, for sure. Uh, no, I, you know, I don't know. We may, uh, you know, I've got, uh, I, I've got a lot of friends in, in, up in northern Wisconsin. We've got a place there, and... Uh, if we can find some time and sneak up there uh, after Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's, and, and go up and spend some time up there. Usually we like to go up if it's uh, a winter wonderland. Yes. And you just never know in, in Wisconsin. It can be just absolutely amazing up there with snowfall and that kind of stuff. But uh, So we'll we'll see how good the snow is and maybe go up there and uh, ride some sleds around and stuff. But uh that's about the only thing. Good. We're looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to the holidays, so I bet this year you too. We all are, and I hope you get back out. Maybe get a little hunting. Go up to your cabin. Do all sorts of fun stuff. We're going to stay in touch with you as we prepare for the boat sport and travel show. Go to indiesportshow.com. Check out all the dates that are on the calendar for the Renfro Productions and all the work that they do. Kevin, great to see you and Mitch and all the great folks at Renfro Productions. We'll look forward to having you back in real soon. Sounds great. Thanks, Brian. Always well, appreciate it. It is indeed. What a great guy. What a great group. Great organization. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. I, your host, Brian Pointer. We're going to be back right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I, your host, Brian Pointer, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Sign up to be that all important organ and tissue donor when you buy your hunting and fishing license. And it was so great to visit with our friends at Renfro Productions, Kevin Renfro, giving us a preview of what to look forward to in February. Believe it or not, that is just around the corner. It's We're going to blink, and there it is. But you can expect another great, the 68th annual Ford Boat Sport and Travel Show. As mentioned at the top of the hour, we should never forget our fishing, and especially up at Lake Michigan. And joining us on the Indiana Outdoor Show, Ben Dickinson, who is the Lake Michigan fisheries biologist. Ben, it's great to visit with you. It's been a minute since we've kind of checked in on Lake Michigan. But I saw recently that there's going to be an increase in the Chinook salmon stocked in Lake Michigan. Um, kind of a big deal. So I thought we'd chat with you and find out how things are going. And first and foremost, how you're doing. How you been? Uh, you know, pretty good. Um uh, apologies if I, I cough once or twice here. I'm uh, fighting through the, the daycare uh, germ warfare here that my, my kids have been. It's 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 real. Uh, it's a real thing. All, all fall. <laughs> it's a real thing. 
So, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I've been, been doing good, been keeping busy, and uh, pretty, pretty excited to share news about uh, increasing Chinook stocking. Well, let's talk about that. What's that all about? Uh, well, uh, as you know, probably some of your listeners have, have been aware uh, over the last decade, uh, there's been pretty seismic changes to the you know salmon fishery in Lake Michigan. Uh, there was a big lake-wide stocking cut in 2013. Indiana reduced our stocking uh, down to 75,000 from 225,000, and that was in 2017. Um, and we recently, I want to say 2020, uh, we shifted some stuff around and got back to our normal 225,000. And now we're uh, bumping that up to 275. And the reason we're doing that is that those stocking cuts over the past decade have really eased the predation pressure on the alewife, the, the forage fish. And yeah. uh, they've, they've been building back. Uh, you know, our anglers have been noticing it. Our surveys have been you know, saying the same thing. So so we're kind of cautiously optimistic that the predator-prey balance uh, is good in the lake right now. Well, it's fascinating to me. I love talking to our friends in the biology world because I'm just glad there's smart people like you that pay attention to this stuff. And I know you pay very close attention to what the fishermen are, are telling you about uh, what they're seeing and what they're, what they're experiencing. And I'm glad that you've explained it in a way that I can understand it. <laughs> First and foremost... <laughs> So as you go as you go forward, uh, when will these be be stocked? Yeah, so um, we stock Chinook salmon in the spring, uh, late April, typically sometimes in the first week of May, um, and they go in at about four inches long. Um, so so spring of 2023, this this coming spring, uh, we already got the eggs from our, our state partners up in Michigan. Uh, they're at McSaba State Fish Hatchery. Um, the manager down there tells me they're. Uh, not having any issues, so you know we're we're in a good place, and and they'll go in the water and bring it 2023, and they'll they'll start contributing to our fall fishery. Probably two years later, they start coming back as as two year olds and three year olds, the vast majority of them. So the good news is there's going to be back to kind of normal stocking, but let's just talk in general. I've heard no one complain about Lake Michigan and actually compliment the, the quality of the fishery up there. What's your experience as a biologist? Where does it stand right now? Yeah. Uh, well, I think you just said it all. You haven't heard m- many complaints. So that's a miraculous thing. I don't know that you could ever really walk into a room full of fishermen and not hear too many complaints. But, true true uh, that. You, you know, <laughs> we uh, I'm, I'm an angler. You know, we always like to grouse about something. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, the fishery has been in a, a pretty good place the last few years. Um, you know, just like with, with any fishery, it, you know, a lot of it's weather dependent and it's fishing, not catching and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, the, the salmon fishing, the boat fishing has been pretty good by and large. Uh, we've actually had some, some fall kings coming back and people have been getting them when they're staging, trolling in boats. Uh, and this, the stream fishery this year, uh, was, was pretty outstanding, uh, best fall run of kings in indiana and in probably at least eight years maybe maybe closer to 10 years um so why do you yeah, attribute why do you attri- why do you attribute that um well the the survival of the of the chinooks it's super uh tied to alewife spawns alewife year classes um they almost exclusively eat alewife and uh baby chinook salmon they really need baby alewives to uh pack on uh, some weight and get big enough to overwinter their first winter out in the lake. So if there's a good alewife spawn in the spring and then the Chinooks can start eating those, um, in their first year of life, uh, by that fall, 
then they survive way better. And we've had, you know, better alewife reproduction, better spawns recently, as in large part, you know, due to climactic conditions, but also, you know, the reduced amount of salmon out in the lake, giving them kind of a little bit of a break and uh, more, more bait, more survival. So our survival has, has really gone up. We're visiting with uh, Ben Dickinson. He's our Lake Michigan fisheries biologist. And this is a, an interesting time of the year, but I, I always love to ask our biologists, what, what are you focused on now between now and the time you start stocking in the spring? What are some of the things you're concerned with? Uh, well, the uh, kind of the, the non-field season here between, um, like, say, December and, and March, uh, it's usually when we're uh, writing reports and analyzing data that was collected during the year, talking to our counterparts in other states, uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and USGS, all of our <clears throat> partner agencies. So we, we do a lot of cooperative work. So lots of modeling where we all pitch in shared data and, and then it gets run through sophisticated computer models to, to estimate, you know, how many of so-and-so fish are out there and, and stuff. So that, that's really what we're focused on uh, in, in the wintertime and uh, doing a lot of lab work and report writing and data analysis and just, you know, compiling everything. You got to be a biologist at some point, right? You got to, you got, <clears throat> what would we do without sophisticated models, right? Yeah, make lots, <laughs> lot more uh, shots in the dark guesses, but, you know, that, that can work out too, right? Uh, it, well, thank God there's smart people like you. Appreciate all that you do on behalf of Lake Michigan. We'll get back to you in the spring as we look forward to the cohos and other things uh, when that ice goes out. And uh, thanks for all the work that you do, and thanks for being a part of Indiana Outdoors. And so I wish you the best this weekend. All right. Thanks. My pleasure. And take care. Indeed. Ben Dickinson, our Lake Michigan fisheries biologist. I, your host, Brian Pointer. Great to be with you. We're going to visit with our law enforcement, Captain Jet Quillen, when we return as he talks about a pretty substantial poaching case that just made some news. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I, your host, Brian Pointer. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. We're going to be back right after this. Indiana Outdoors, you know it, and we have had a great show. Many thanks to Kevin Renfro, Renfro Productions, previewing the Boat Sport and Travel Show. Believe it or not, that's going to be coming up in February. Great fall RV show where people made some great deals. We look forward to catching up with more after the first of the year on those uh, upcoming shows in Cincinnati and in Indianapolis. And then, of course, we got an update from Ben Dickinson, Lake Michigan fisheries biologist, Good news, more Chinook going in in the spring, kind of bringing this back up. It's been a minute since they've increased the stockings. All good. Now we switch gears. We go to law enforcement, our good friends that wear the green, the men and women that protect and serve, and we thank them for that. Captain Jet Quillen joins me. And, Jet, it's been a minute since uh, we've talked because there's been some great news. We've got a new recruit class, which has to make you prideful and fill in some vacancies and all that good stuff, but to put uh, 15 new officers out in the field. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Almost. Yeah, it's been a uh, – almost, yeah. We uh, we uh, have been uh, almost uh, – Approximately a year of, of work getting this class uh, to graduated, hired, trained, getting out and uh, into the field, and uh, but perfect timing. But right before uh, the opening uh, uh, weekend of deer firearm season. Well, the good news is, is I know the hundreds and hundreds of applicants that are seeking 
to become a law enforcement official with our Department of Natural Resources. And um, I was just so pleased that this class started with 17 and you put 15 in the field. That's a great thing. And uh, where are they now? Where are they in their journey? So, so right now they're doing an officer, a field observation period. So they're right now just riding with officers, trying to, to learn um, uh, the, the job, essentially. Um, and then uh, in January, they will go to the Indiana Law Enforcement Academy in Plainfield, and, and they will spend 15 weeks there and uh, be uh, certified uh, law enforcement officers for the state of Indiana. Uh, and then they'll go out and do some field training after that and, and uh, make sure they've got all of the, the things that we kind of specialize in down before they're released on their own. So they have a lot of learning to go, but uh, you know, they initially got through that initial recruit school uh, uh, training, and which is, is just always one of the toughest things to get through. But they did a great job. We're visiting with Captain Jet Quillen, and I really wanted to focus our attention on some news that hit and is unprecedented. Uh, the great work that law enforcement does tracking and making sure the laws are protected, especially when it comes to poaching, yielded a monumental um Outcome. You want to explain in detail that you can share kind of what, what this was all about and what happened in the end? Yeah, essentially this was a, a uh, an investigation that, that spanned multiple years and over multiple states. Um, and and uh, the end result was a, a uh, poacher that uh, just would not uh, um, follow the rules, uh, receiving a lifetime hunting suspension here in Indiana, which is, uh, you know, the first of its kind here. Um, but it, it, it uh, you know, it does uh, shed light on the work that uh, our detectives and our field officers do uh, and how much they care about um, the natural resources and ensuring that they're, they're there for future generations. It was a, just a great job by, uh, by everybody involved. Very sophisticated. I know things have come a long way and the patience to put together these cases often doesn't just uh, fall out of the sky. So a lot of hard work and a lot of uh, technology and collaboration and coordination with other states. But the nuts and bolts that I read uh, on this was it involved uh, years and years of abusing turkey hunting and doing it very illegally, not here but in other states. And the resulting punishment was what really struck me as a first of its kind. Explain. Yeah, so so what, what our officers in, uh, in our District 3 area had received uh, information that this uh, – this poacher was out, um, even though he had a, a lifetime sus- or a, a hunting suspension. It's not uncommon for hunting suspensions to happen for for poachers that, that get caught, um, but but they might be a year suspension or a six month suspension. But uh, this, this this violator was was serving one of those hunting suspensions when our officers got word that he was still out hunting. So uh, with the help of some of our detectives and some some undercover work and some uh, you know uh, techniques uh, that that they used, they were able to confirm yes this guy is out hunting, um, and then uh, found out he was doing it in other states as well. And so we got those other states involved in the investigation, and and I think in all it was seven states. Um, and he you know we we got the lifetime um, suspension here in Indiana in addition to some some. Uh, you know, home detention and probation, and he still got to deal with these other states. But uh, yeah, a great job. Uh, the unique unique thing about this is uh, you, you watch all these crime shows on TV, and, and the, the bad guy always takes a trophy. Well, this guy was taking a trophy. He was taking his spent shotgun shells with him um, as kind of the trophy. So it's pretty easy to to determine you know when and where he shot a turkey. 
That's insane. I mean, you're right. You, I watch enough Dateline, Jet. I know how this works, right? <laughs> you know, right. You, you see these weirdos and wackos, and then you get these folks that break the laws, but they, they have this thing in their DNA. I don't know that they have to take something with them. So you were able to kind of piece together the, your investigative tactics to, to substantiate and get the proof, and the result was a lifetime suspension. And from my understanding, that's never been done in Indiana, correct? Yeah, that is correct. Um, you know, we, we, we went back and looked, and we could never we, – we found where we maybe have suggested that. Um, but it, it's really always determined by the prosecutor's office and the judge um, when, when that happens. We had never been able to achieve that, and this is the first time. So um, we were very happy with that, and, uh, you know, we think that it's, it's obviously great for, for the, the ethical hunters in the state of Indiana, and it's great for our natural resources. We're visiting with Captain Jet Quillen, and we had an opening weekend last weekend. I don't recall snow on an opening weekend in Indiana, at least in my memory. I can't remember my kids' birthdays, so it could have happened. But in the 40 years I've been hunting deer on opening weekends, I don't recall. It was absolutely stunning and beautiful, and it was pretty much across the state. And it was wet and cold uh, snow, but that's okay. A lot of folks put venison on the freezers. How do we do from a safety standpoint? Yeah, we did. We did well. We we did have a couple uh, tree stand accidents um, and, and uh, accidental discharge of, of a firearm, but uh, overall, we did very well. Um, you know, we just want to keep uh, pushing that safety message out to all of our Hoosier hunters out there that you know when you're going to be out in a tree stand, you know, uh, wear that full body safety harness. Um, you know, make sure you always have that on going up and coming down uh, in those stands, and always identifying that target when you're going to be shooting um, and what's beyond that target. So uh, overall, great opening weekend, um, and we're, we're, we've still got plenty of time to go. So, Captain, it's always great to visit with you best and to all the men and women that wear the uniforms. We look forward to these new recruits hitting the field and hopefully have an opportunity to get more good news and updates and not talk about the bad stuff in the months to come. Thanks for being with us. My pleasure. Always great. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, one of my favorites, Captain Jet Quillen. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I, your host, Brian Pointer, and we're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after this. Well, I told you at the beginning we were going to have a party. All parties have to come to an end. <laughs> As they say, you, you you can stay, but you can't stay here, right? We're going to have another opportunity next weekend. I can't believe we are in week number two of deer season. I have loved this cold weather. And uh, as host of Indiana Outdoors and... Uh, just brings a little joy to my eye as we have these colder temperatures and snow flurries and had a little accumulation and just a lot of folks happy. Hopefully you had some success and you put some traditions uh, in play, maybe made some new traditions on your opening weekend. And uh, here we are again, weekend number two. So everybody stay safe out there. I absolutely enjoy any conversation I can have with our friends at Renfro Productions, and they are looking forward to a fantastic boat, sport, and travel show. Again, the dates on that, two, seven, two, uh, February 17 to 19, and then again, 22 to 26 here in Indianapolis. And of course, we've got the Cincinnati show, which is in January, if you want to head over to that, 
20th to 22nd and 25th through 29th. I think Indiana Outdoors is going to be back involved with Renfro Productions, bringing back some of the the interviews and all of the uh, online stuff. I love that partnership with all of the Renfro family in 23. I don't talk about Lake Michigan enough, but Ben Dickinson is our Lake Michigan fisheries biologist. Great to catch up with him. Uh, An additional 25,000 Chinook salmon going to be placed in May. The whole stocking program is fascinating to me. I love the science. I love the biology about it. And the anglers are the beneficiaries. And it's that, that constant battle between prey and predator. You heard him talk about the alewives, which is what these salmon almost exclusively eat up there. And uh, they have that constant nuancing of prey to predator relationship. The health of Lake Michigan, the quality of the water has never been better. And I talked to a lot of charter boat captains and we get updates. The fishing has been fantastic. And as soon as that ice pushes off, you know that the uh, coho are going to be running and hopefully this year I'll be able to put together a trip. We haven't been able to do it the last couple of years from conflicts and cancellations and weather. I'm looking forward to getting up and seeing Brother Nature, our good friend in Lake Michigan. Captain Jet Quillen talked about an unprecedented lifetime suspension from a really bad poacher. And uh, just Google Indiana lifetime suspension and find the story. But great work and investigation over a number of years in a number of states to bring that to bear. And uh, just know that if you see something or you hear something, Use the tip hotline, 1-800-TIP-IDNR. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. I've already told you the tip hotline. That's usually the way we go out, but I'm just going to tell you, be safe. Enjoy this beautiful weather. Enjoy this hunting season. Put some venison and uh, take somebody with you. It's Indiana Outdoor Show. We look forward to it. Back next weekend, everybody. Be safe. Be safe.